This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Lots of action around the NFL in Week 15 to sink our teeth in here on the Standard. And I want to start with what happened last night because it's the freshest in my mind. I watched that. Mm-hmm. I watched that Seattle Eagles game and God, it was such a boring game for like the majority of it. And then it was just electric down the stretch. Uh, what a comeback win from the Seahawks. Drew Locke touchdown pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba with like what? There was like 28 seconds left seconds on the left? clock, something yeah. like that nothing. to go ahead and, and go ahead for good. There was really nothing that the Eagles could have realistically done at that point to win the game. Um, we'll get to Philadelphia in a second because, you know, are you worried about them? Or are you not? I, I don't know. I'm sure some people in Philadelphia are. But with Seattle, man, if they lost this game, they were really going to be – Dead in the water. Yeah, they were going to be looking – you know, their neck was going to break with how high they were looking up towards making that seven seed at least. But now, Jacob, that they've won this game – you know, they've got a decently favorable schedule coming up for them. They obviously play the Steelers in a couple of weeks. They go to Tennessee this week, and then they finish with Arizona. And the team right now that's kind of in their way is the Rams, and the Rams got to play the Niners still to finish off the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think Seattle, you know, they had this bad losing streak. They played literally almost every good team you could think of in the NFL during mm-hmm. that streak, including the Niners twice. But getting this win over Philadelphia and getting to seven and seven, I think stabilized them enough to run the table, get to ten and seven, and get a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the Steelers in there because we were talking over the course of the season saying, okay, with Seattle kind of reeling, it's not as scary of a place to go into. Well, if Philadelphia, who's been one of the best teams in the league across the entire season, except for maybe these last two to three weeks when they've had back-to-back-to-back losses now against Seattle, Dallas, and San Francisco. If Philadelphia can't go in to Seattle and win a game, how do you expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to go in to Seattle and win a game in a couple of weeks? I do not, but I'm kind of with you. It's a very easy schedule for the for the Seahawks. And then you mentioned the Rams schedule. They play host of the Saints. They go on the road against the New York Giants, but they finish on the road the Week 18 in San Francisco. That's the kicker. I think they could possibly win those two games against New Orleans and the Giants. But San Francisco have, have you draw San Francisco in Week 18 while the Seahawks draw Arizona, that's the that could be the backbreaker. That could be the one thing that keeps or that pushes Seattle in and lets the Rams fall out of the playoff picture, given that they both have a seven and second seven and seven record. They both go 2-0 in these next two weeks. It comes down to that Week 18 matchup, and obviously you trust the Seahawks way more than you trust the Cardinals. Unless, Tom, and I don't think it will come to this, but unless somehow by that point San Fran has locked up the number one overall seed, will they just not play anybody and ensure that come divisional round weekend they're fully healthy? Well, you know what? I don't think it's going to – I don't think it's going to come to that because they're only a game ahead of Dallas. They're only a game ahead of Detroit, and they're only a game ahead of Philadelphia. Yeah, but it's reeling. Yeah, but they but have the tiebreaker over all of those teams. So actually, Jacob, if the Niners just it win their next two before. games, yeah, they're in. Right. They're, they've right locked up the one seed. So mm-hmm. the best shot for the Rams, <laughs> and you never want to admit this, but the best shot for them is to 
have the Niners win against the Ravens because that's their most likely spot of dropping a game. Then they got the Commanders the next week. Uh, you want the Niners to win those two games, lock up number one, rest everybody, and then hopefully you can get the win against San Fran. But if you're Seattle, you're rooting for the Ravens so that the Niners have something to play for uh, at the end of the season. Uh, but with the Eagles, the other side of that game. You know, yeah, it's a tough. To it. So what I thought was going to happen was, you know, when they went up 17-10, I thought, okay, they're going to win this game. It's going to be close. The, the Seahawks might kick a field goal. They did. They, they might, you know, cover the spread. It might be even closer than seven points. But the Eagles, are they're finally up in control. They're going to win this game. And people are going to wonder about them, but I'm not. I'm going to say, you know what? It's the West Coast. It's Seattle. Good teams. Great teams go there, struggle against the, a good Seattle team, but find ways to win. But they didn't find the way to mm-hmm. win. So that part of the equation is missing. And the fact that, you know, they struggled in Seattle isn't a problem to me. The fact that they struggled in Seattle and then lost for their second straight or for their third straight loss in a row, that's concerning if you're Philadelphia. Definitely. I mean, things weren't close against Philadelphia or San Francisco, but good teams find ways to win, like you just said. And it was close, and they had the lead, and they let, they let, sorry, they let Seattle score 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, in crunch time, against, and I don't mean to be critical, but against Drew Locke. We're going up against Geno Smith, who won Comeback Player of the Year. We're going with a guy who was given, presumably, the reins for the franchise for the next couple of seasons. It was Drew Locke who led that touch drive. It was Drew Locke who threw to the rookie, Jackson Smith and Jigba, not Tyler Lockett, not DK Metcalf. Just a questionable, questionable run by this Philadelphia Eagles team to have those two blowout losses. And then you have presumably your easiest opponent. It's kind of say your easiest opponent is Seattle on the road. But given the other two teams, Dallas and San Francisco, Seattle was the only one of those three that wasn't even in the playoffs as of, what, 48 hours ago. So to have that be your easiest win – and you had the win in your hands with 10 minutes left in the game. You were up 17 to 10. But then Seattle came came back, scored 10 unanswered with the game-winning drive by Drew Locke. I'm with you. You can lose games here and there, but when it matters and you have the chance to win a game and you let it fall through your hands, that's where you really start to question a team. Now, if you want to look ahead at the Eagles' schedule, As easy as we were saying Seattle's schedule looked, the Eagles might have the easiest road to winning out in these next three weeks. For sure. The Giants twice and the Cardinals at home. I don't think it gets much easier than that. Yeah, I agree. I don't don't think it does either. Um, But the interesting thing is now with them losing to Seattle, you know, it opens up Dallas to win that division. Because remember, if they were, even if the Cowboys and the Eagles were to win out or finish with the same record, we thought, oh, okay, Eagles get the tiebreaker, even though they're in second mm-hmm. place as it stands right now because they'll make up some conference games. Well, the Cowboys lost last week but to an AFC team. The Eagles lost to an NFC team, uh, muddying up those tiebreaker rotters. So, you know, even though the Cowboys got blown out by Buffalo, and we'll get to that in just a second, you know, they're got to be sitting in a pretty good spot or feeling pretty good about things right now because they actually – have gained a little bit of ground on getting that division despite coming off of that loss. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo uh, torching the Gi- or the Cowboys, we can 
you know I can spend hours upon hours talking about that game. But what matters most is the fact that Philadelphia was not able to capitalize on a week in which Dallas lost and they could have won. Not to say it was a guaranteed win, but they could have won. I don't know where the tiebreakers lie now moving forward. I can kind of do it quickly on this playoff machine that I have handy dandy right here. I give Dallas and, and Philadelphia all their wins. It looks like, and this is just for the division, obviously not for the number one overall seed, but if I give both teams winning out, it looks like Philadelphia somehow still, still has get, So then the, they would move down to another tiebreaker and they'd still have that tiebreaker over the Cowboys. Based on strength of victory, which, you know, who okay. the hell know exactly where that well, Jacob, that Well, I mean, Jacob, that makes sense to us because we've been saying the Cowboys don't beat anybody good all year, don't we? haven't we? Right. Their victories, I guess, have come against really poor teams. The Giants in week one, you remember when they blew out the Giants after Brian Dable had won coach of the year and was making magic out of Daniel Jones. You thought, oh my God, here come the Cowboys on the road in week one. Obviously, that's a huge win, but it was just the testament of what they would be for the rest of the season. They play, I think the only good team they've beaten all year was Philadelphia. If you want to they call Seattle, if you want to call Seattle a good team, I, I wouldn't I'm really stop like, you. Yeah. I'm talking about top four, top four teams. Yeah, they got blown they got out by the Niners. Out by they got the, blown out by the Bills. They the beat Niners, the Eagles, but they lost to the, the Eagles too. So this week coming up on is it Saturday or is it Sunday? The Dolphins game. That's Sunday, four twenty-five. This is the test for both teams. Who is really the league's biggest poser? Is it <laughs> Dallas or is it Miami? Well, it's on the road, and Dallas is abysmal on the road, so I might I might lean yeah. towards Miami in that game. Um, before we get to the Bills, though, the Steelers losing on Saturday means you got to do a lot of extra scoreboard watching on Sunday, mm-hmm. and you needed teams to lose. Notably, you needed the Texans to lose. It would have been nice to have the Browns lose. The Bills losing would have been good too. Right. Unfortunately, right. though, the Texans pull it out in overtime against the Titans, and Joe Flacco works a miracle against the Bears. Like that's what sucks is for most of those games I'm watching, and I'm like. Titans are going to win and the bears are going to win and the Steelers, they're not going to be in the playoff picture, but it's going to look a lot better than it did 24 hours ago. And then Joe Flacco works his magic. The Texans are able, a uh, case Keenum's able to get them in field goal range for a game winning field goal. I mean, both of those teams pulling out wins, the Texans more so than the Browns really, really hurts. Tom, with you mentioning Joe Flacco, I hate to do this. I really do to bring him back to the Steelers. Let's go through the quarterbacks who have thrown for 250 yards and two touchdowns this season. Josh Dobbs, Drew Locke, Nick Mullins, Desmond Ritter, Tyrod Taylor, Zach Wilson, Jake Browning's done it twice. Mac Jones has done it twice. Gardner Minshew now has done it twice. Joe Flacco now has done it three times. Sam Howell Three times for Flacco. He's played three games. Three times. Right. Now three times in three games. The Steelers quarterbacks have done it zero times. I'm sorry to bring it up. I had to make that point. Uh, it's really shocking. Um, the more, like, because this is a year I think where more backup quarterbacks has played than any other. And it's like every week there's a, a new one that outperforms anything that we've mm-hmm. seen here in Pittsburgh. And it's not just a new one. It's the fact that Joe Flacco is doing it. Yeah, it's week an old new one. <laughs> Gardner Minshew has now done it multiple times. Sam Howell is doing it several times is is now done it four times this season well, and not a single Steelers quarterback in 
can manage to do it once. Yeah, well, how about I mean, Kenny Pickett's thrown two touchdown passes once in his career in a game. Right. Jacoby Brissett did right. it in nine minutes when he came in in relief mm-hmm. of Sam Howell in that Commanders Rams game. Nine minutes. It mm-hmm. took him nine minutes to throw two touchdown passes. So, yeah, that that stuff really does upset you. Um, with the Bears and the Browns though, and the Browns getting that win. Uh, Browns being at nine and five, you know, there's never guarantees when Joe Flacco's your quarterback. But Texans, Jets, and Bengals left on the schedule. I think the Browns have pretty much put themselves in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think we had said that a couple of weeks ago when all those teams were were sitting at seven and six. Um, the Browns were the one team that were a game ahead at eight and five. Now they're here at nine and five. Same record as the Chiefs. Exactly, a game behind Miami, who's the number two seed right, right. now at ten and four. I don't think that. Um, they're going to catch, they being Cleveland, they're going to catch Baltimore. No, they're two games behind. Baltimore just needs to win the next two weeks, and they should be locked up. But that's easier said than done. The Ravens have got a tough schedule. Right, they do. At San Fran, home to Miami, and then at Pittsburgh. Obviously, Pittsburgh seems like the most winnable game there in that three-game stretch. But I think you're right. If they can beat San Francisco, then it's, it's pretty much a lock. I don't know how they lose it after – beating that Goliath of a team. But if they lose that game, if they lose that game, I can still see Baltimore saying, you know what, we're not going to just spiral here. If Lamar, as long as Lamar is healthy, you know, we need to win out. So we can, lo- we can afford a loss to San Francisco, but we won't allow ourselves to lose to Miami and Pittsburgh. And I believe they, they can make that happen as long as Lamar stays healthy. And Tom, it seems like we've passed the saturation point for Lamar's health being in question for the season. It seems like He's going to finish the season healthy. You saying that just means that he's going to get hurt next week. You just spoke, <laughs> you just spoke that into existence. The Bengals on Saturday, the Bengals beat the Vikings in a in a thriller overtime. Uh, you mentioned yeah. earlier T Higgins' amazing play to force overtime, um, but they're eight and six now. And I mm-hmm. really I thought they were going to quit when Burrow went down. And the first game out of the shoot without Burrow was against the Steelers. They lose sixteen to ten. They looked lifeless on offense. I thought you know this Bengals team is done. They've been three and one in Burrow's. They've, they've been three, three and one in Burrow's absence. They've won three straight games. Browning's three and one as a starter, and they're eight and six now. If they beat the Steelers this Saturday, uh, nine and six puts them in a really favorable position. But they got to go to Arrowhead, and then they got to play the Browns at home to end the season. So you know the Bengals. It's a really nice story. This team rallying, and they. I think they might beat the Steelers on Saturday in Acrisure Stadium. Uh, even doing so, though, I, I think they might be one of the uh, teams, uh, one of the odd men looking out at the end of this. See, I don't know if I, I don't know if I side with you there, Tom. You think the Bengals are getting in? Well, let me say this: Do you think the Bengals look at themselves? Do you think Jake Browning looks at himself and says, "How the hell did we lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers? We should have easily run over that team." Maybe it was just because it was my first time playing as a starter. Maybe the moment was a little too big for me, but now I've got my feet under me. I'm on a three-game winning streak. I can go into I can go into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh doesn't have a home field advantage like a lot of other teams do, even though historically they seem to have had that. Pittsburgh is reeling. If they can get to nine and six, they still remain the number six seed. And I don't know if I guess if Cleveland were to lose this week, and they would drop to nine and six, but if Cincinnati were to beat the Steelers. Cleveland would remain the five seed just because they've only had one head-to-head matchup between the, the Ohio teams, and Cleveland won it. But we know that they play each other in the last week of the season, so Cincinnati can also look at that as saying, 
We need to get better grounding in the playoffs. Plus, we know the Bengals just beat the Colts, and we know earlier earlier in the year they beat your team, which we'll get to soon, Buffalo. So that's two teams in the thick of the wild card race that they have this head-to-head tiebreaker over. I think with a win against the Steelers, obviously the Steelers would fall deeper and deeper out of the playoffs, but that's another team that could have been a potential threat to take a wild card spot away from you. They would then have that tiebreaker be at a tie, so it's not just a season sweep by the Steelers. I think actually a lot of things can go the Bengals' way down the course of the season. Sure, the Kansas City game looks like a loss, but if they can somehow pull out a win, it's in Cincinnati against Cleveland in Week 18. I actually think the Bengals have a pretty easy road to the playoffs given how many head-to-head tiebreakers they have over these other competing AFC teams. Uh, what about Denver dropping one on Saturday night to yeah. the Lions? I mean, they got torched by the Lions. The Lions are 5-0 mm-hmm. and in primetime this year. Like They are really great uh, under the lights, and the Lions needed to get back on track, and they're a Super Bowl contender in the NFC, and they look like it. With Denver, though, you know, they're seven and seven. You know, you're hanging on by a razor's edge when you had such a bad start like they did. It was one and five or something like that. Um, so, you know, you, you want to kind of write them off because tie, they're in tiebreaker hell. But I'm looking at Patriots at home, Chargers at home, and then a road game in Vegas to finish off the season. I'm not saying they get in, but I'm not saying 10 and seven isn't out of the question for them either. No, I, it's not out of the question. But after that loss on Saturday night, I I would have expected them to at least be semi-competitive, but to fall as bad as they did, 42-17. to Yes, they have an easy schedule, but I just don't know, like, what? who did they lose to? Was it two weeks ago? They lost to Houston, right? Yeah, Russell that Wilson was a pivotal game, two. yeah. You can't have those kind of losses if you're going to make that search that they made where they won, what, five games in a row, then they won six games out of seven. Yeah, if you're, you if you're going to pull six. this off, you have no margin for error. Exactly, especially a 42-17 to 17 loss. Granted, I'm with you. They have a very easy schedule ahead of them. <laughs> They'll be favored I in just, every game, I think. Yeah, the Raiders game is going to be kind of weird to me. Yeah, Raiders are a uh, tough team. They're playing well. I mean, they're, they're tough team I is mean, a stretch, but they're playing fo- – like, they're not a pushover. Like, you have to show up to beat the Raiders. It's funny how we talk about the AFC West having all these teams be a thorn in the leg for so many of the others. And this year, the Raiders are such a thorn in the leg to the, to the Chargers to the extent that Brandon Stanley finally lost his job. It was crazy Thursday night last week, 63 points put up. Uh, so I don't think that the Raiders are going to drop 60. I mean, granted, Detroit just dropped 42 against Denver. I don't know if the Raiders can drop 63 again on Denver, but the game's in Vegas. I, I'm not saying it's a I, I don't want to call it a guaranteed win for Denver. They might be favored, like you mentioned. They'll probably be favored in all three of their remaining games, but I'm just not ready to say the Broncos have enough left in the tank with enough winnable games to get them into the playoffs. I just hope the Raiders show up on Christmas Day, 1 o'clock kickoff against the Chiefs, give us an entertaining matchup there. And they, they could. They really yeah, could give them a, a tough mm-hmm. a tough. I mean, game. the Chiefs are 9-5. and five. I mean, the Raiders aren't anything special this year. But the fact that we're in December, and we're talking about the Raiders being only three games behind the Chiefs, I'm not trying to say that the Raiders are going to be a potential playoff threat here. But when was the last time we saw the Raiders be three games behind the Chiefs? I mean, I think, what was it, 2021? 
when the Chargers and Chiefs and Chargers and Raiders had to tie to get the wild card spot. But I think that year the Chiefs were like what thirteen and three, mm-hmm. twelve and twelve and four, something like that, and the Raiders were like fighting to become eight and eight. So not even close to the extent that this season is. So I think it's very possible, especially after Kansas City has looked these past few weeks. Um, their game, of course, they came away with the win, but it was close to New England, Tom. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It was close. New England played uh, a good game in uh, against Kansas City. It was on the road. But, yeah, there's just something about the Chiefs this year that you just you just you have trouble trusting them. And I, mm-hmm. hopefully that continues so we have a, an entertaining game on uh, Christmas Day. Uh, let's get to the, the team that, you know, I've really pegged as a threat to really run the table here. And the Buffalo Bills, the 31-10 to victory over the Cowboys. If you're the Steelers, you really needed them to lose that game. Buffalo, really, if they lose any game, Buffalo is pretty much done. So they need to win out. And after the Chiefs win and then the, the thrashing of the Cowboys to set themselves up with Chargers on the road and then Patriots at home in the next two weeks, you win those two games. It's really a do or die against the Dolphins at the end of the season in Miami. So yeah. I think the Bills are going to get to that do and a do or die spot. And I actually think the Bills are going to end up winning the AFC East because I don't see the Dolphins getting. Past, wow. I don't see them getting past both the Cowboys and the Ravens these next two weeks. No, I, I mean it's crazy to think because the Dolphins have kind of coasted to this ten and four record, which you might think is insurmountable on paper, but when you look at the rest of the season, you're absolutely right. It's a it's a killer rest of the schedule for the Dolphins. I don't want to say, I don't want to go as far to predict a team who has 10 wins right now to lose out the last three games of the year, but it's very possible. Again, we talked about this earlier when we talked about the Cowboys. This is, you know, we, we always pick a puke bowl. I'm not calling this a puke bowl, but it definitely could be called the poser bowl, right? I mean, for either of these teams to lose this game, Dallas or Miami, we'll know which one is the true poser which team truly cannot keep competitive with teams at or above their weight level. So I, or, or their weight class rather. So I don't know if Miami really loses out, but I could see them potentially being at risk to lose this division to Buffalo. I guess that would require them losing out, which is a, is a crazy hypothetical. The Ravens beat the Jags handedly on Sunday night football. The Jags, so many self-inflicted wounds in that game mm-hmm. and terrible clock management at the end of the first mm-hmm. half. Uh, Jacksonville is a team that I think you don't have to worry about come playoff time there. We thought they'd be ready this year. They're clearly not. They still have a lot of growing to do, especially Lawrence as a quarterback. But with the Ravens... Well, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Lawrence has been dealing with injuries. That's though. true. I mean, but he had another setback this week. It wasn't a concussion, sure that and that was helpful. a brain fart at the end of the first half. I mean, right, his right. brain's working just fine, and that was that was... I, I, seeing that out of my franchise quarterback, I'd worry a little bit. That's that's dumb. Sure. That's dumb behavior right there. Um, mm-hmm. But so you want to talk about an easy easy road to the playoffs? They're going to make it to the playoffs. They're going to make it. No, I don't they think play- they're not going to make it. I just don't think they're a threat. But you don't you don't see them. They could easily be. I mean, whichever team gets the five seed, and I'm not willing to say right now it's going to be Cleveland because, like I laid out earlier, I think Cincinnati has a potential road to get to that five seed. Even if it's Jake Browning and even if it's Joe Flacco, I think there's a chance one of those guys can go on the road in Jacksonville and win that game. Well, I think it's going to be Miami. If if Jacksonville gets the four seed, 
I think it's going to be Miami, think, as I said, with the Bills winning the East. So it's going to be Miami getting the five seed. And I think Miami's going to beat the Jags in Jacksonville. Uh, but with the Ravens, you know, they're in the control of the one seed now. They're a game in front of the Dolphins. You know, if they if they beat the Niners on uh, Monday night this week, Christmas night, then they have a matchup against the Dolphins where if they win, they get the number one overall seed. And you don't even have to worry about the Steelers game on Sunday. If they were to lose to the Dolphins, that opens up Pandora's box to them. You know, maybe the Dolphins lose this week to the Cowboys so they don't catch them. But then you got the Chiefs just a game behind you, and the Chiefs, I did the playoff machine, would end up, if the Chiefs and the Ravens end up with five losses each, the Chiefs get the tiebreaker and they get the one seed. So that's something the Ravens would have to take into account when playing the Steelers. But to me, I think the Ravens are going to get the one seed regardless of what happens on Christmas night. But if they beat the Niners, they're going to cruise, and I'm almost guaranteeing that come Week 18, it'll be Tyler Huntley and not Lamar Jackson under center. Oh, I mean, I which think still is no guarantee the for the Steelers. No, no, it it wouldn't be. I think for the benefit of the league, you'd almost like to see that because that would pretty much ensure you get a healthy Lamar in the playoffs. And even as painful as that is to say, as a Steelers fan, you kind of are you kind of have to admit that the rest of the league would much rather see a Ravens team at full strength with Lamar than a Ravens team who was able to cap off a 12 win 11 win season but have to go into the playoffs with Tyler Huntley leading the way Uh, you just don't want to see that if you're an NFL fan and it just doesn't seem like I said earlier I, I think we've passed that point of which we usually see Lamar Jackson go down so I just don't think it's going to happen I hope I'm not jinxing it, even as someone from Pittsburgh. You know, obviously, you don't want to root. Against, you don't want to root for the Ravens, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players. Authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acershire Stadium, the Grove City Premium Outlets, or the Tanger Outlets. Or you just visit online, shop from the comfort of your couch at shop.steelers.com. Calm. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll turn the page and try to figure out how to beat the Bengals, and we'll power rank the entire NFL Mm -hmm. as we are just three weeks away from playoff football. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman. Thanks for listening to the Steelers Standard.